Hi, pals. This is Blaine Hill from the Simply Stated Podcast for the Journey Sunday School class at Lake Murray Presbyterian Church in Chapin, South Carolina. Today is Monday, September 23rd, and I'm reviewing our Sunday School class from yesterday, Sunday, September 22nd. We are at the beginning of the Beatitudes, I'm sorry, in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel according to Matthew. This is the fifth chapter, the 13th through the 16th verses. Remember that Jesus has pronounced a series of blessings on the crowd before him. We call those the Beatitudes. And now he continues, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, How can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. It's worth thinking a little bit about salt and light, uh, particularly in Jesus' day. Salt, in the days before refrigeration, was extremely important in preserving food and in purifying. Uh, One of the class members recommended a book called Salt, which is a history of salt, and I'm looking forward to checking that out. It might be worth reading. Um... In uh, this passage, Jesus makes a kind of ironic or or curious comparison. He says, if salt has lost its taste, how can that saltiness be restored? But I was thinking, how does salt even lose its taste? And if salt loses its taste, what is it? Dust? I guess so. So maybe Jesus is using his words to surprise It seems that Jesus is surprising us. It's almost like a joke to catch us off guard. Uh, Salt doesn't lose its saltiness. It has to be salty. That's what it does. At the same time, there is a really strong warning here that we have a salt has a point and a purpose, and without that, it's it's just dust. So, what is salt for? Well, first we should notice salt is very distinctive. When something is salty, uh, you notice it, and when something lacks the proper amount of salt, you definitely notice that. I once made bread and I forgot to include the salt and the bread smelled delicious and it tasted sad, just so sad. It wasn't actually bad, but it tasted kind of like air and you could put butter and and a little salt on it, but it just wasn't the same. So salt uh, is distinctive and its absence is makes things bland. Salt is really only used for other food. I mean, we don't eat salt by itself. And uh, light, in the next little word picture, is kind of like that too. Light serves to help us see other things. We don't often, I mean, sometimes we might notice uh, the light in the sky and its color and its beauty um, and the quality of light on a pretty day. But on the whole, light is used to help us see other things. It's useful for how it helps other stuff. And that shows us an important point about our calling as disciples of Jesus, that we are not disciples of Jesus just for our own good. 
we are disciples of Jesus. We hear the blessings Jesus pronounces for the good of people around us, uh, to be a blessing to them. Really, this is Jesus picking up a major, major theme in the Old Testament. In Genesis 12, we see Abram and his wife Sarai, and they are chosen by God and blessed by God uh, so that they might be a blessing to the nations around them, not simply for themselves. Uh, and that, and so we see in being disciples of Jesus, we are salt, we are light, we are for the good of people around us. Jesus in uh, these two little word pictures is using very emphatic language. Um, uh, it is also a plural language. In, in formal writing, we say you, but in the American South, of course, we have the, the plural y'all, which means more than one person. I think in Pittsburgh, they say yunts, which is not nearly as attractive of a word, but y'all is, is the sense that Jesus is using here. And in fact, it's a very definite y'all. You know, if you think about uh, mom or dad coming in, saying to the kids, y'all need to clean up this room. And then mom or dad comes back a little later and nobody's done anything. So y'all all need to clean up this room. Uh, and then comes back a little later and says, all y'all need to clean up this room. That's the kind of emphasis Jesus has, all y'all. Um, um, in addition to that, Jesus doesn't simply say, you are salt. You are the salt. Um, I won't impose Greek grammar on you, but Jesus is using very definitive language here. All y'all together are the salt of the world, the very salt of the world. And we can learn that Jesus is not t- teaching just individuals, but us as a community. So we should ask ourselves, how are we as a family, salt and light for our neighbors? How are we as a Sunday school class, the Journey Sunday school class, how are we salt and light in the community? As a congregation, once again, how are we of good and of use to the community around us? Here's another interesting thing. Jesus says that we are salt and light. He isn't telling us what we could become. He isn't telling us what we should become. He is saying right now, we are the way God is providing seasoning to the world and light to the world. This is a really important point for Christian ethics. Uh, in Because of God's generosity and blessing and grace, you are already significant and matter in the world. You don't have to become something else before you can become part of God's work in the world. Right now, you are are to live as salt, uh, seasoning the world. Right now, you are to be God's lamp, illuminating light in the world so people don't stumble. We can begin living this way right now. I mean, of course, we have imperfections and ways ways to grow, but that's not what Jesus is hitting on here. He is saying, uh, you have a place in God's plan for the world. He also says, of the world. Think about what a remarkable claim that is. Jesus is a a wandering rabbi in an area called Galilee, which is the backwater, the back, kind of the backwoods of Judea. Now, Judea was an important crossroads between um, three continents, between Africa, between Europe, and Asia. So that, in that way, it was an important place. Uh, but only because it helped people get from one important place, one kingdom to another. And uh, so when Jesus says, you're the light of the world, he's, he's saying that out kind of in the middle of nowhere. And even for Matthew to say to the church, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the world, 
the the Christ, Christian church had not spread um, in the way we think of it now on all seven continents. Uh, and the Christian church was not predominant in the Roman Empire. It was a sort of peculiar um, uh, branch within Judaism, which in itself was considered quite peculiar. And yet Jesus has this vision of his disciples being used by God to be salt of the whole world uh, and to be light, actually, of the whole cosmos, um, all of God's creation. So uh, his vision is very large here. And it allows us to think, hey, our impact is probably going to be much bigger than we might think of on our own. Jesus um, is speaking a word of grace here, just like he did uh, in the blessings that we call the Beatitudes that come before this. Um, We have an identity of light shining into the darkness, doing good works. God's grace gives us a vocation. uh, And our vocation follows God's blessing. We don't have to earn God's blessing um, in uh, order by doing good works, but God's blessing us is to generate good works. Uh, One way to think about this is that God's blessing upon us comes from nothing in ourself, but it isn't for nothing. It has a purpose to be of good in the world. And maybe this is why Jesus gives us that shocking warning. This is the first really uh, shocking warning in the Sermon on the Mount. If salt uh, loses its saltiness, how can it be restored? It's just thrown out to be trampled on. And again, not so much as a desire to bring judgment, but I think to startle us. Salt doesn't have any purpose uh, if it doesn't serve for actual food. And so our existence as Jesus' disciples, it's not for ourselves, but for others. Um, If we look at the next phrase, after the salt, we get to, you are the light of the world. And here Jesus gives us a promise instead of a warning. Uh, He says that if we let our light shine before others, they'll see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. Jesus is is saying that it shines out there. uh, Our works shine like a light into the darkness and help other people to see what God is up to. When he says good works, um, we can wonder, well, what might those be? And I'd like to suggest to you uh, that the Beatitudes, those blessings that come before our reading today, perhaps they give us the answer. Uh, The good works that we're called to do, we can, we can look at the Beatitudes. The first Beatitudes really are a blessing on people who've been pushed down by the world. So perhaps one of our good works, our light shining, is humility. The next group of Beatitudes has to do with caring for people around us, so acts of mercy, showing mercy to others. And the final group of the Beatitudes is how we endure in perseverance, or how we persevere in the face of suffering for Jesus. And uh, so steadfastness is a third virtue we learn from the Beatitudes. So perhaps humility and acts of mercy and steadfastness in our faith uh, are the good works that we could at least begin with. And then, of course, we're also about to uh, enter in a section of teaching that Jesus is going to give about the details of everyday life uh, regarding anger and when we've been wronged. Uh, in our relationship and marriages, uh, promises that we make, how to deal with enemies. So he's going to talk to us at length about how we ought to behave and how 
we ought to act in the world. So you can see there's a lot to think about in just these few verses. Um, And I encourage you, as you are going about your day, your work, your play, and life with your family, perhaps we can ask ourselves, how is it that I can be salt and help season the life of the people around me uh, with humility or mercy or forbearance and, and faithfulness? How can I act well so that my deeds shine light, shine light into the life of other people and they might give glory to God in heaven because of the way I act? Not, not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to our Heavenly Father. I'll leave that thought with you and read our passage for next week. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the, of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So we certainly have some uh, attention-getting words there from Jesus. We'll talk a little bit about righteousness. But this week, let's think about how we can be salt and light shining into the world. God bless you, and hope to speak with you soon.